1: The Around the NFL Podcast
0: can't handle their kombucha.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes: Mark Sessler to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys?
3: Hey now, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be my new catchphrase. How do you like it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's been used. I feel like, but if you want it's, to roll,
2: it's
1: with got it. some. Uh, it's got some, you know, tread on its. Top. Hey now.
2: Um, what I wanted to say to you, Greg, was that uh, these glasses you're wearing, yeah, kind of remind me of uh, Richard Gere from Unfaithful.
3: <laughs> Is that? A, I mean, I'll take that as a compliment. I like yeah, middle-aged women everywhere are just getting yeah, excited yeah. thinking about me.
2: Like a sensitive West, Westchester art dealer who looks like he has the perfect life, but if you look just a little bit closer, it's all falling apart. That's kind of the vibe you give off with those glasses. I'll take that. <laughs> that means I live in Westchester.
3: It's more, it's more just like a chill, you know, it's a it's a quiet, kind of somber day at the office. Somber. Somber. All right, let's be honest, hasn't been a great week
2: here. hasn't been a great week. <laughs> We're not going to get into it. it. has not been the best week. Uh, one thing that we, we will touch on here is Wes's chair is empty to the left right now. He went through his surgery on Wednesday, and everything is... Is going well, he's in recovery right now And we're, uh, actually the three of us are going to go visit him after the podcast today And we're all excited to do that and see Wes as he begins the next stage In his uh, uh, fight against cancer that was obliterated uh, And hopefully it is now a complete thing of the past So um, shout out to the great Chris Wessling
1: I'm hoping to get some hospital food while I'm there Not eating a lot of food today
3: yeah, I don't. I don't know if the food there didn't wasn't getting great reviews. Wes was very excited, though, uh, that they started to allow him to eat ice chips after a couple of days. I don't think he would try to sugarcoat. This is a this was a serious surgery, yep. a long surgery, and so uh, it's going to be a, a, a serious recovery from it. But he was singing the praises of uh, his doctor for really standing up to what he felt was uh, an armada of non-thinking nurses who were not <laughs> allowing him to swallow the ice chips. And some doctor came in and like laid down the law, and he was talking about this doctor like a, like a war hero. Interesting. I like mm. it.
2: I do remember both of my wife's um, pregnancies, and then when the baby came, that ice chips were like high up on the list.
1: Oh, you're constantly, uh, yeah. as the husband, you're going down the hall in those big pink cups to get the ice chips yep. to bring back for various reasons.
2: Yeah, this will, and I'm very lucky that this is the case. I have not been back in a hospital since uh, the birth of my second son. Mm. Uh, hospitals are weird. Not my favorite place in the world, but to see Wes, it's worth... You know, going over there.
3: It'll be yeah, fun. we can talk about it more on the
1: Ice Chips podcast coming up. Save it. This summer.
3: <laughs>
2: save it. That's
1: kind of low down the Vanity Pod list.
2: Save it for the Unfaithful podcast. Save it for the Ice Chips podcast. <laughs> Today's show uh, is a good one, uh, presented, of course, by our friends at New Era. Uh, we are going to get into some uh, preseason football games that occurred on uh, Thursday. Uh, just a, some takeaways, um, including, of course, uh, more trouble in Jacksonville. Trouble that they have... You know, we'll get into it, but trouble that Jacksonville should have seen coming, and now it's the chickens are coming home to roost, as it were.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what's
2: happening. Uh, also, hey, big eclipse coming, coming to the old Earth. <laughs> 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 There's going to be a lunar no, it's a uh, it's a, a solar, solar eclipse, yeah, yeah,
1: full solar eclipse, full some, yeah.
2: solar. You never go full solar, uh, but we are uh, Earth, that is, and. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, who in the NFL is getting eclipsed.
1: Mm. That's
2: I mean, that way is to
1: cool. tie in the cosmos with uh, uh, you know this, uh, just an earthbound sport.
2: We have a tremendously popular podcast in terms of uh, download numbers and, and critical acclaim.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> what critical? acclaim? we did win an
2: award. <laughs> we won a stitcher. We don't know where it is?
1: 2012. 2012. Got a award. stitcher. For Half years. a We, we ago.
3: won best. Of, you know what we forget about? It. We won best of iTunes, best new podcast.
1: We forgot that too.
2: We won the best of yeah best new iTunes in 2012, and then I think we won the Stitcher in 13. Now it's a little bit of a dry. Yeah, the period.
1: award shelf has uh, yeah. failed to grow at such a pace since.
2: Um, anyway, I can't remember what my point is, but oh yeah, the fact that we could work in this like natural phenomenon talk into football, you know, beat that competitors.
3: It's next level stuff. Next level stuff.
2: All right. Uh, before we do that, uh, you know, you know what else I was yeah.
3: thinking, not to get ahead of ourselves. Yes, right. Yeah, you know, Halloween falls during the football season. What if, uh, like, right around that, we do like we pick which NFL players are a trick and which are a treat? <laughs> I like that. You know, not I mean? going to find that
1: anywhere else. Like topical. That. By I like the way, that. I would suggest that by Tuesday night, that seven or eight other media platforms will have eclipse, <laughs> topical eclipse uh, segments. I can already see this. Uh, and we if, were if, first, we were first.
3: The other
2: thing we could do if the thirty-first falls on our third show of the week. We could actually load up and do two segments. So one will be trick-or-treat, and then another segment on another show, 50 minutes on it, spookiest subplots in the NFL.
1: You have to get ahead of these things. Last year, and no one else copied us on this, we did our Halloween video special in early September.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That, Threw some people for a loop, but management wasn't watching. At yeah. least they weren't then.
2: We weren't, we weren't asked to do many more videos after we did our Halloween no. special in uh, September. Okay, anyway, uh, behind the glass – yeah, you know, she's making waves. She's making a name for herself. I think you you've seen it. I I'm sure you have if you're a listener and if you haven't get on Twitter. I think all of us uh fellows in the room right now retweeted it. Erica with a statement of intent uh with a video that she put out um trumpeting her arrival. Welcome uh Erica. How are you today?
0: Good, how are you guys?
3: What a statement! <laughs> Short on the words, but when she put this, I, thing I out, think everyone I mean was... needs to check. What is your Twitter handle, Erica Tamposi? Uh, NFL? NFL. NFL Tamposi NFL Tamposi NFL T
2: A M P O S I NFL. Yeah,
3: everyone follow her. And this uh, this video was was special. But what really stood out to me, which I hadn't seen yet, was Erica's Twitter profile, where she really she, like. I feel like I've tried to put a, a good name on Patriots fans for the <laughs> for the audience, but I think she really leans into the. She's leaning in. She's leaning into the Boston, that. like you are the obnoxious Boston sports fan, according to. this. Let me remind the haters: three <laughs> oh, no, football, twenty-eight hashtag Pats Nation. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Like how, like those. <laughs>
2: it's Greg's id. It's amazing. It's
0: amazing. I love it.
2: You are the mouthpiece for what Greg's always been wanting to be. He wants to be this person that could be out in front like this, but he has no. to hide. No.
0: You can't go to any other any other franchise. And have like a, a tailgate like you do in New England.
1: Right. I want you to try to prove you're that you're winning ball. over the diehard Jets fan in here. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, let's
2: calm down with the New England tailgate. They barely had a franchise before Tom Brady got to town. Let's be honest.
3: I mean, maybe.
2: <laughs> All right, Erica, we're still happy that you're here, despite some of these developments. You're doing a great work. Let's do some news.
1: How's
3: the atmosphere
1: and the pace different from Green Bay for you?
2: Uh, well, oh, it's hotter. Oh, it rains a lot too, which uh, that's different. But uh. I love you, too, bro. <laughs> Who's that?
0: Eddie Lacy from Seahawks. Eddie Lacy.
2: All right, let's start uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Blake Bortles, who, as as time has gone on this summer, things have snowballed on Blake a little bit uh, in the sense that you started to get some, after the spring of buzz, and I believe Tom Coughlin even coming out and saying that his mechanics were mostly fixed. We continued to hear reports that things weren't going so swimmingly in practice. And now the preseason is two games deep and Bortles suffered through a miserable performance uh, on Thursday night against the Buccaneers. His stat line, eight of 13 for 65 yards. Uh, but that didn't really tell the true story, Mark, of how bad Bortles was. Let's start there. what, uh, Tell me your thoughts on Blake Bortles' performance in week two of the preseason.
1: I cannot forget the play we saw last night where Allen Robinson gets open between a cornerback and a safety about 30 yards downfield. Blake Bortles completely botches the throw, misses him by an incredible amount. This is a guy that at one point, you know, early in his career, was high up on the league leaders list in seasons of his 20 plus yard. Mm throws and completions, and it's not on the receivers. Blake Bortles is the guy that concerned us last year, and it's another reminder that the problem with the Jaguars when they do have other elements of their team that are developing their defense, that when we spend the offseason saying they're ready to make the leap, they're ready to do this. I agree with the defense, but the catch was always Blake Bortles, and despite the offseason semantics saying that he's fixed this and that, He looks to me like the same guy, and last night it put his job, obviously, utterly in danger.
2: Yes, Mark's right. There is now this this idea that maybe the job is not safe, which is crazy. Here's what Doug Marone had to say after the game on the status of his quarterback situation. It's it's this simple. I'm not going to try to make this thing complicated. I'm looking for the best person to lead our offense. It's right up there for grabs, and either person can take it. It's not like he's not the quarterback. He's got to go earn it.
3: Translate it, Greg. Translation: Blake Bortles is unlikely to be our Week One starter. Chad Henney is going to be the guy. I mean, they, the part I don't understand is if you're willing to pull Blake Bortles after two preseason appearances, which amounted to a handful of drives, five incompletions last night, and he looked terrible. He just like looks out of it. Then what were you doing bringing him back as your quarterback? You it. There's so little margin for error that in the first week, first home game of the preseason, the crowd is booing the home team within a drive or two. Like That's not the way you want to enter your season. And this is not second guessing. This was first guessing on this podcast back in February, where for weeks in February, because we didn't have that much to talk about, we were hammering the Jaguars' weird decision to publicly double down on Bortles and bring back Chad Henney, which signified not only are we going to bring back Bortles, but we're not going to really give him any competition. I guess in theory, Henney is the competition, and they're just rolling into the season, and I think it's fair to wonder if Bortles is even going to be on the team at this point.
1: Well, the other thing we suggested a couple weeks ago is that Bortles potentially could be trade bait. Hey, don't say we, just own it, Mark. Don't I just humble. think also a trade is not going to happen because what Stand are you going to trade for? What are you going to trade for Blake Bortles? What are you going to get for Blake Bortles at this point? But it's amazing to see how quickly his career has gone completely off track because this is a couple seasons ago saying when we were right or wrong about things. We also looked at Blake Bortles completely differently a couple seasons ago and thought he was one of the more promising quarterbacks in the AFC. Well, and we so,
2: didn't in that case. I Zusser Zeuser is always on the fence about Blake, if you recall. A lot of garbage time production, even when he was putting up numbers, and now it's kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit. But he was always a the guy there was always kind of a little bit of suspicion about whether he was the real deal.
1: I thought physically there was a lot to like, but it just makes me look at young quarterbacks today that even surge in year one and mm-hmm. two. That it, You cannot completely know the script within one season or two. Well, it's such a mental position.
3: He's not like an Wes had – you know, noted that quote, I believe, last November, which which Bortles had said to Rich Gannon, which was, you know, I'm not really a natural thrower of the football. And Gannon saying, I've never heard a quarterback say that <laughs> in my life. I mean, it's mental to this point. He was a, a better thrower, not a not a good one, a couple of years ago. And I think Marone sees how it's mental, and he just can't sell to the rest of the team, like going with this guy when they've got a lot of talent on the rest of the this is how toxic it's gotten too is that
2: the Jaguar players aren't even really trying to hide this anymore and it's all there and if you if you're following these practices and in social media there was an SB Nation blog that posted a uh, did some type of Instagram post about who can possibly uh, replace Bortles as the starter and (laughs) Jalen Ramsey clicked like on it Uh, yeah there was a video that kind of went viral uh, that Pewter report, which is the uh, Bucks website, um, sent out from a, a, a practice where Bortles wildly overthrew uh, Allen Robinson, and then Robinson was picked up by the iPhone mic saying, keep that sh- in bounds, bro. Damn. Uh, so you could just tell the frustration uh, that the teams, the players have. He doesn't have the support of the players, and he's not performing. This all seems like it's trending in a direction.
1: And one last thing, like with Marone, it wasn't like last night, uh, you know, tip the scales You know, against Blake Bortles. This is a coach that weeks ago was saying if he had his truthers they would not throw the ball once the entire game. Talk about something that's not happening in the NFL. How many coaches walk around saying that about the quarterback? It,
3: it is such a weird in, situation. I know we should move on, but it, it feels like a waste of a year because right. the, there's a good chance that there'll be a different quarterback next year. Who knows if Tom Coughlin's going to want to keep Doug Marone or the GM. Like, I I don't know. Maybe maybe Chad Henney will be just good enough with a good defense and running game that you win seven games and you convince yourself, you know, at least you're moving in the next direction. Like, there are worse quarterbacks in the NFL than Chad Henney. But if you're a Jaguars fan and three in a season with him as your week one starter, not that it's official yet. We're just kind of reading the tea leaves. That's pretty depressing. What does Colin Kaepernick have to do to get a job at this point? Um, Moving on, the
2: Indianapolis Colts. Um, are going to be missing uh, a dependable player. Center Ryan Kelly, their 2016 first-round pick, had a very nice uh, season as a rookie. He needs surgery on his foot. He broke a bone in practice about a week ago, and now they're um, going down the surgical route. So he is most likely going to end up, or he is going to end up, um, on the IR boomerang, uh, which means he'll miss... Uh, six weeks of action before being designated to return. And then it could be longer after that. Uh, But in any case, Greg, this is not good news for a line that is not, let's face it. It's not the 2016 Dallas Cowboys offensive line to start with. And now you take out one of their key pieces.
3: It's not. And they felt like they had finally built something with Kelly Muhor at left guard and Costanzo at left tackle that actually, you know, we've got the makings of a group we can grow up with. Well, I was, I was in Indianapolis for these practices, and I think this Kelly news really hit Chuck Pagano hard because after Thursday's practice in which the offense struggled again, I've, I've not been to that many practices in my life, but I can't imagine that if I had, I'd, I'd, I'd ever see a practices where an offense struggled to just complete a pass Woof. more than the Colts for two straight days. The, the completion percentage had to be under... Forty percent. Like a Wednesday, it was outrageous. Scott Tolzien and their backup quarterback right now is Philip Walker, who's a five ten, five eleven guy, undrafted from Temple, which really came out of nowhere, who wasn't getting anything done. And Tolzien was probably worse. I mean, there, there, people are kind of joking, like, what's the point of even having Ty Hilton out there? Like, he hasn't. What has he gotten out of this training camp? They're, they just can't even operate an offense. And then Pagano afterwards started getting very frustrated, just talking about essentially the offense, how much work that they have to do, even though their training camp was break, breaking. Muhort's been out. Kelly's out. Chester Rogers, who was looking like a starter, has been out. Dante Moncrief has been out. Philip Dorsett's been in and out. It's so, like they had they already had problems, and, and now all these injuries. It just it, Pagano felt like a, a man where like the world was caving in on him a little bit.
1: Well, and yet it's a repeat of decision-making from years past. Why do you... If you know that Andrew Luck is not going to operate during the offseason and might be not even there for week one, what's the decision-making process in Indianapolis that says Scott Tolzien is the best thing we can do at backup quarterback? I'm not saying you draft someone else, but we just brought up Colin Kaepernick. Do you think there's any chance this team says we have to do something more for our team and our fan base?
3: I don't think at this point there is. I, I thought they believed that Tolzien was going to be good enough and that Luck will be back early in the season. Maybe he will. Maybe Luck will be back, and a lot of these injuries aren't long-term injuries. Kelly's is. And maybe he'll save the day. But otherwise, you know, with with all their new starters on defense, I mean, they were trying out a guy in TJ Green as their starting cornerback That was on Wednesday that was told an hour before practice for the first time ever that he was converting from safety to cornerback. And he just went right in as a starter. And so this, that's high school stuff. So this is a team that's searching for some things. I think there's some things to like too about the team. You I was going to say I thought that at least on this podcast, like a month and a half ago, yeah,
2: there was. Uh, I think the sunshine front, and rainbows about this. I team.
3: think the front seven could end up being better, and if luck gets back, they certainly have enough receiving talent to make some noise. I mean, my boy Frank Gore is on the team. Uh, wow. You know, so that's always fun. But it's always th- good to have a forty something running back there. If that they're if stabilized things, <laughs> if. Tolzien is starting for them. I don't think they're going to be able to win any games until, until luck's back.
2: In other center news, everybody loves center news, save for the center podcast. Keep it coming. Guess what? This is the center podcast. Uh, Justin Britt signed a three-year extension Thursday with the Seahawks. Uh, deals worth $27 million. Uh, earns over $13 million in the first year of that deal. Uh, s- uh, Second-round pick in 2014, so that's a big hit on a draft pick. Started 16 games at right tackle as a rookie. 15 more games last year at garden center. Uh, they love him. He's healthy. Good for the Seahawks. Uh, meanwhile on the throne of sleaze. Now, as you recall, the Patriots, uh, didn't pick until the third round of the draft this spring. Uh, and they selected Derek rivers, a, a player that obviously they believed was a nice fit in their system a guy that could rush the quarterback from the edge make some things happen potentially this season well it's not going to happen this season because rap Sheet reported that an MRI revealed that Rivers tore his ACL and sprained an end, uh, LCL this is an issue right uh, for the Patriots they,
3: they're coming from such a position of strength but their pass rush is not top-notch no, I think Ed rusher is their biggest weakness. But before Rivers got hurt, he hadn't really been necessarily making a big impression that he was gonna be a big factor that that was potentially gonna be a problem. Because Coney Ely, who people, including this room, you know, gave some credit. Oh, this was a, a no risk, you know, high reward move. They might not get much out of it. it sounds like he might not even make the. Team. I was gonna say, does he? Well, Rivers getting hurt you would think would help them, but they have another third-round pick just from a couple of years ago, Geno Grissom, who's really never made any noise. I mean, Trey Flowers is a defensive end. He's one of their best defensive players, and after that, it's pretty thin.
1: Well, you lost Rob Ninkovich, so that don't, that doesn't help at all. And it, I, The Patriots, though— Hightower
3: it, can play out there if you want him to, but then you end up hurting a different part of the team. They have a rookie fourth-rounder, Dietrich Wise. If the season started today, he's— possibly starting.
1: I mean, it becomes exhausting to say this about New England, but they find a way more than any other team to... Patch over these kind of issues where it would cause utter destruction for other oh. other clubs.
3: Who's yeah? Who's concerned that this is going to be a major issue for the Patriots? You know who's not concerned? Who Tamposi over there? Well, I think I with mean, ta- with Tamposi behind
1: up. the glass, <laughs> then maybe the last time we hear that. You know, either any sort of alien attack on Foxborough. Yeah. All those sound clips are going. She's they're getting deep into buried. The, uh, delete file. Yep. She
3: just changed her Twitter prof- profile to Six
1: Rings, bitch.
3: Boston Rules.
2: <laughs> I um, I, I like it. We kind of have like it's almost like having a Boston townie behind the glass. This is exciting. What's yeah. that movie? What's that good movie? Uh, I'm sure our listeners wanted more Patriots talk. <laughs> yeah, right. What's the uh, beautiful girls? Yeah, that's a good townie movie.
3: Yes, it is. Maybe the best townie movie. You don't have a young s- Natalie Portman.
2: You don't really have. Do you
3: have a strong New Hampshire accent? I don't. It's too bad. I don't. That can be that can be a tough one.
2: Greg's favorite townie movie: Garden State. Obviously, <laughs> anything Brath.
3: Uh, Greg's in. <laughs>
1: Got Greg in here. You got Tampos. You got a very deep, disturbing masshole vibe State. in this in this studio.
3: A <laughs> great, a uh, great soundtrack for Garden State. Probably the. Probably the movie that held up the worst of any movie from that entire decade.
1: Another, what? another Natalie Portman. Is what? Natalie Portman in every sort of small every town
3: movie. kind every of coming yeah. of age? That was a movie where I was 90s. like, it. I was like, it really, it really moved me when I saw it in the theater, and I saw it five years later, and I was yeah. like embarrassed for my younger self. It, it, it's, it's trapped awful. in a
1: certain time. We so. definitely
3: had this exact
1: conversation yeah. on this
3: podcast. <laughs> really, At Portman, who started
2: basically, she created the manic pixie dream girl uh, archetype in movies, and that was her doing it when she was like. Ten, and then her doing it when she was twenty,
1: and at age like eight with the professionals. So, yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, hey, let's head into the Ravens' nest real quick. Oh, hey, when in doubt, head into the nest. Uh, I want to talk about Justin Tucker real quick. Just uh, this was I wrote about this on the end around this morning. You know, you know, I love Justin Tucker as a player. I'm very confident that the uh, Ravens will win a host of 18-16 games. Uh, with Tucker just going nuts week after week. He's the bizarro Aguayo. Uh, You can always count on him. Uh, He did something very interesting, though, I thought, in uh, Thursday's preseason game uh, where he attempted to – he had a kickoff that was fumbled by a Dolphins special teamer, and he attempted – instead of falling on it because he ended up being in the neighborhood of the ball, he tried to scoop and score. And the reason this is interesting is if you follow Justin Tucker's career, uh, he's kind of – He's kind of a bro. He's kind of like a kicker that's got a bit of an attitude to him. He's like the boss of kickers on some level uh, (laughs) in the way he he carries himself. And the reason I bring this up is they asked him about his decision to try to scoop and score. He was pile-drived by a 297-pound defensive defensive tackle uh, while making the play, which I'm sure the coaching staff didn't love. Uh, But this is what Justin Tucker had to say. I don't ever let anybody put that evil on me as saying something as audacious as kickers aren't football players in a game where points win, your leading scorer is probably going to be your kicker. And I'm literally doing the most football thing in football. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) The tag, I'll leave it at that, takes it to the next level. Thoughts?
1: Well, I think he's probably their most valuable player, and, and he's probably going to not only lead them in scoring, but to an incredible per- – in terms of percentage of points scored, it could be an incredible well, – with Flacco out, he may, have to do, he may have to score some touchdowns. That's not what I was asking, by the way. Well, what are you asking about just, his attitude? His attitude. Yeah, yeah.
2: Don't run from I the mean, question mark.
1: You, you, you labeled him as sort of bro-ish, and it does – it did come across <laughs> a little bro-ish, but I'm not surprised well, he said the he Ravens have a bunch of those players. He doesn't want anyone to put that evil on him right, that
3: kickers aren't real athletes. But who was meeting him on the sideline immediately after this play, essentially openly mocking him, was (laughs) Terrell Suggs. And I don't think he was saying anything much back to Terrell Suggs. And Terrell Suggs can put that evil on him. Suggs a great
1: guy.
2: This does tie tie into... uh... You know, keep an eye on kickers, especially ones that have some success. Remember Matt Prater at the Super Bowl a few weeks ago, a few oh, years back, yeah. where he was like your he pal. A, he had a big like diamond stud in his ear, and he was like showing up, or he was like basically they put him in that pen on media day. Remember, the, I don't think they really do it anymore, but they used to put like the non-star guys and the special teamers in like a pen that they couldn't escape. And yeah, you could you like, just throw go up to a little, little peanuts at <laughs> <stuff like> them. <that. laughs> anyway, Matt Prater was like pretending to lean in to talk to reporters, and then ducking his head out and like. Like with a smug smile, like but, you know, he was going full Prater, and I was He's like, "He's been on your radar since that."
1: Yeah, that was a huge subplot for you. You, you, I were still not, think about. Oh well, yeah, you were, you were. I mean, you've had a number of Super Bowl encounters with a variety of players, but that was the top five. Yeah, you've, you've had a a Connor or length grudge here. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, like,
2: I'll I'll borrow the word that uh, the Tucker used. That was an audacious move by Matt Prater to be big timing reporters at Media Day. I thought
3: that's all fair.
1: Can't argue with that.
2: Don't put that evil on me, Matt Prater. How about that? Finally in the news, uh, he's like, if anyone gets back to him on this, he would be like, what? (laughs)
1: Who? What? Zero memory of that day.
2: (laughs) Anyway, finally in the news. I thought this was cute, guys, um, because football is fun. Football is family. It's very important to keep that in mind. And uh, did you know that the Titans, uh, a decision made by head coach Mike Malarkey, Um, have decided to reschedule their practice on Monday. And uh, do you know why? You do know, but pretend you don't.
1: Dan, why don't you tell us?
2: Uh, Because Nashville is the biggest um, North American, or at least I should say American city, in the path of a full solar eclipse. Total solar Mm. eclipse. So what did... uh, what did uh, Malarkey do? He changed the schedule so they'd be on the field when the eclipse happens at 1:27 p.m. Central Time on Monday. He's going to stop practice, and they're all going to watch this uh, together. It has not happened. <laughs> Give it. I'm just. I'm curious. First of all, if you guys read the end around. Second, if uh, you can come close to this, when was the last time a full solar eclipse uh, took place? What I year? I think it
1: was about a hundred years ago, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Greg, your guess.
3: I heard this on a children's podcast that my daughter forces me to listen to. Those exist? On the way back from swimming. It's super educational, so I can't hold it against her. But uh, I think it was like 1929 or something like that.
2: Okay, 1979 is the year. Oh, my gosh, I was so off. So the Tennessee (laughs) capital is the largest city in its path. uh, And Malarkey had this to say. I actually did change the schedule. I adjusted the schedule so we will be practicing during it. I went back once we found out about it and rerouted the schedule so we're all out here together to see it.
1: That's a nice job. Malarkey, who's <laughs> been like maligned that. for being sort of a dull individual – uh, well, I think he goes against that type right here. Well, like, I would have uh, it how, like
2: exciting that he's doing. It. It's kind I of mean, like a thing. I think it's I,
1: there are also, there
3: are so many. Yeah, hey kids, let's go to the science fair.
1: Well, you know, Greg, <laughs> your daughter, you know, begging to learn in the car on yeah, the ride home, I and she's p- having to, you know, please, Daddy, let me uh, learn things. But how I was about like, this? no, let's listen to the Lord again, <laughs> please. All I'd say there are so many cheesy team building uh, levers you can pull that we hear about. Oh, Coach X took the team bowling. Oh yeah, we've heard that four thousand times. This at least is highly original. You're going to sit out the entire Titans roster to stare at an eclipse. Yeah. I mean, you know, please have the proper eyewear. But this, this to right. me is a whole new way to travel. If they land in ma- on mass on injured reserve, <laughs> <or>
3: blinding themselves,
1: <laughs> it's a big problem. Daddy, Eighty-nine deep retinal injuries.
2: Daddy, please teach me about life on this car ride right home.
1: No, listen to a kids
3: podcast. Click
2: educational.
3: That's, you missed what I'm talking yeah, that's about. That's what she wanted. It's the opposite. I say, "No, can we listen to the mute? Can we listen to music?" She she's she, so we negotiated. On the way there, we listened to Daddy's music. On the way back, we listened to Does uh, she call a it a podcast? Wow, wow in the world. Yeah. Okay. Wow yeah. in the world is that what it's called? Yeah. It's like science, you know. I I've get, learned some things from. I'll it. get
2: my kids involved with that podcast. <laughs> that's what's happening in the news. New era, let's talk about it. New era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style. With features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology, there's no reason you shouldn't make the New Era NFL Training Collection a part of your daily attire. Available at retailers like Lids, NFLshop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. Okay. Gentlemen, let's keep talking Eclipse. Total Eclipse stock. Total Eclipse of the Pod.
1: Like that? Nailed good it. job.
3: <laughs> could, we should get some music. I would love little, to do that, little Greg. Bonnie, little Bonnie Tyler. Well, we get something like it. Maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe we could work on that. <laughs> Erica, can you add in post, we won't even hear it, but something that's similar to Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. Sure. Okay, good. Um, who is getting eclipsed in the NFL right now? And what does eclipse mean uh, mark
1: well I mean, it mean yeah, there's a, a number of, of meanings but i would <laughs> say outshine that you, whatever position you have overshadowed right well, yeah, yeah you're asked. you're out you're out you're you're blocked you're blocked out yeah yeah blocked out you were there and then
3: something comes along to just block you yep, yep. No, no one sees you anymore no sunlight touching you
1: anymore
2: sunshine removed
1: steal my sunshine
2: <laughs> don't ever do it Remember the old short story about the girl who lived in a land where there was no sunshine ever? It only rained, and then one day the other students locked her in the closet because they were mean. What? And while she was locked in the closet, it was the one day of sunshine in like 100 years, and they left her in there, she missed it.
3: I think that was like an R. Kelly video or something. Locked in a closet? Trapped in a closet.
2: <laughs> Nobody, that doesn't ring a bell? No, Maybe that I was would like say a nightmare. Time I like.
1: to start writing children's novels <laughs> right? if that's what the, the plots are. I mean, we could come up with a lot of that. If that's anyone great. knows
2: what I'm talking about, please hit me up on Twitter because <laughs> that was something that I read as a child, and it did affect me uh, just in the callousness of the children. Pretty dark. Yeah. Anyway, who is getting eclipsed? Mark, <laughs> you get us going.
1: I will keep this one – I'll keep this brief because I think we touched on it, so not to belabor the point. But connecting the dots from what's happening already with the Jaguars season, you know, David Caldwell has been given the chance in Jacksonville for a long, long time to build a roster that by all accounts, we look at that roster and we say, there is a lot of talent here. And maybe it comes together on defense. But now you have two new figures in Tom Coughlin and – and your coach Doug Marone that are saddled, and Greg, you mentioned it. it, could be a lost year because you're saddled with this quarterback situation, and this is the quarterback that when you're a GM and you and you make a move, in, in some people's mind, to overdraft Blake Bortles where he was drafted in 2014, that he better succeed, and if he doesn't, most GMs understand the, understand this. Jason Light said it on Hard Knocks, we've all lost jobs. You, If your quarterback does not work out, if it's the opposite of, say, a Jameis Winston, you encounter trouble. And I think David Caldwell is in a tough situation already in that building because people are wondering, wait, isn't it Tom Coughlin pulling the levers here? And he's picked Doug Marone, who's also an authoritarian-type figure, to kind of preach his message and get tougher and turn the Jaguars from what they were into a run-first you know, ground-and-pound type team. And David Caldwell, you know, not that he isn't a talented guy, he's picked good players, but he feels like an odd man out here if the quarterback situation is one where the Jaguars have to completely restart over at that position, potentially setting the team back where they were four or five years ago.
2: I think that um, certainly there was a time where that pick looked good, the Blake Bortles pick. Now it does not look good at all. Uh, But David Caldwell has no one to blame but himself, unless Tom Coughlin who outranks him, um, said, hey, roll with Chad Henney. I don't have any sympathy for the Jaguars because it's the same stuff over and over with them. And and just the, this was happening again where people were starting to get amped up and excited about the Jags and their th- defense was very good last year and there are skill, skilled players on offense, but they did this to themselves. And, like, when the, if they go 4-12 again because they have terrible quarterback play, like, that's that shouldn't be a surprise. This is what happens. Because if you do Blake that. Bortles was giving you all the warning signs that this was what was going to happen. This was actually uh, the one I was going to talk about too, uh, Mark. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, someone had to step in and say we need to
3: bring someone else in here and not just retain Chad Henne, and no one ever did it. I find it awkward that Tom Coughlin is the one being interviewed, you know, by ESPN like before the game that he the jokes are so easy that like Coughlin's going to be down there coaching by week six. I found it interesting. uh, Chris Wesseling. I mean, he's, he's recovering from surgery and what do the Jaguars do, but put this awful football in front of him. He made right. He made the observation. (laughs) We had the game on. He made the observation that Gruden right off the bat was saying, even before the game started, that they should be playing Chad Henney instead of Blake Bortles. And you start to wonder, you know, Gruden talks to these coaches you start to wonder, like, are these coaches or Coughlin or whoever it is, like Gruden, just coming out strong that they need to bench Blake Bortles, and then by the end of the game he is benched. That, like, it, it just seems like these guys are done with him. Yeah, that wouldn't
2: surprise me. Um, all right, Eclipse, more Eclipse talk.
1: <laughs> Dan is just absolutely sold on this segment. I was gonna I go. Idea. I was gonna go I like with uh,
2: Colin Kaepernick's civil liberties being <laughs> eclipsed by the system. That's too true. preachy, too preachy. I was gonna go with the Around the NFL podcast being eclipsed by the Throwback podcast. Every Thursday's a new episode,
1: new one coming up uh, next
3: week.
2: This week, Kings of
3: Leon, Aha Shake Heartbreak.
1: Well, it might be your only podcast soon enough. So
3: great, it's a great show. You know, Thanks. eclipsing this podcast feels like a stretch. Yeah, not true. It's just not true. Great. So I didn't go with that one.
2: <laughs> um, Sully eclipsed by Tamposi. feels like too soon. Too soon. Don't want to go that way. And then I was going to talk about the Jaguars, but Mark just did it, so I'm out. I'm fresh out.
1: I mean, I shared so my idea on our on our you know I M client inside That's the building, sure. so you
2: know. I'm just trying
3: to get to the weekend, buddy. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to get <laughs> to the
2: weekend.
3: Uh, no, you're up, Greg. Well, I'm try- I was trying to think of ones that weren't so obvious. You know, we've talked so much about Trevor Simeon. Sounded like Paxton Lynch had a good week of practice. T- Tavon Austin, we know he's been eclipsed. So let's let's get a little more bold. Okay. An eclipse no one saw coming. And it happens that you happen to get the best view in Nashville. It is in Nashville. Been watching Derrick Henry a little bit in the preseason. Demarco Murray's out there. It, he's been a little banged up in the preseason. Derrick Henry to me is a fun running back who really leans on that those defenders and is tough to take down. And I'm not saying he's necessarily gonna. It's not going to be a full eclipse this season. But how about a little bit of a partial eclipse of Demarco Murray? and his fantasy value this season and then uh you know as we're looking towards the future that becomes a full eclipse that that moon keeps moving <laughs>
1: i'm really pushing <laughs> your, your bit here Mark. what about david flewellen where does he fit into this <laughs> solar event you,
3: you love flewellen
1: he's uh he's a little
3: he's a little dust. so how do you dust see over little pixie the side, dust? Yeah. how
1: do you see it breaking down are you talking like a 50-50 type split which i think that would be a drastic yeah you know, i think i think that Henry ends
3: up getting way more of a role. And I don't know, maybe Murray just stays hurt or he has an injury-prone season, and Henry is a guy that shows himself when he gets the opportunity that he is more than talented enough to really carry an NFL running game. And that's how I see him. Good one. You're up, Mark.
1: I'll give you one that is not a human being, (laughs) just like the actual son is not a human being. But how about big, gigantic, monolithic, oversized sports arenas that house football games what? that were built in the 70s and 80s and early 90s and even some today that are being built I was going to say most of
2: those well, 70s 80s they've ones they All gone. right and yeah. they
1: continue to build these things for you know to pack 90,000 people and yet our society is completely changing and I'm not saying that the StubHub Center is the is the locale for this okay <laughs> yeah, but because because a weird one. Well it's <laughs> this is what I'm saying the NFL has done such a good job of putting football in front of people's faces through so many different ways. It's on your phone. It's on your iPad. It's on your laptop. It's on your desktop. It's on your television. It's in sports bars. It's so easy to find football without having to go to a stadium and drop 100 and 850 bucks for a family of four to well, go what watch What an experience. A- Wait, you're well, say- no. I'm you're just saying-, saying. Well, you're saying your laptop and your desktop? I'm saying it you can get it anywhere Greg I think you know what I'm saying but if you, you do you do you drag your family to a game when like some AFC South team is 2 and 12 you know a week before Christmas for $1000 the NFL has made this <laughs> tough I think they've made this tough for, for their fans and this the idea of smaller stadiums so you
3: like you like the stuff I center.
1: like and it's it's a positive I'm saying that the of, uh, the inglorious move of the Chargers from San Diego to Los Angeles that I think something comes out of it and it's not just the move but a trend towards smaller stadiums that are more intimate and they can fill these things without any issues. I'm not saying they'd all be 25,000, but a much smaller venue that caters to the fact that most sports fans now are just as comfortable watching sports in front of giant TVs at home or maybe at a Patriots or Bears bar with people, like-minded people, you know, versus trying to drag them to... If you, Our country used to be where... You grew up in the city you lived in as a kid. You stayed there as an adult. You stayed a fan of that team your whole life. Now in Los Angeles, for instance, it's so people from everywhere else. Everybody's rooting for a team other than a Los Angeles team for the most part if you didn't come from here. And so you've got to cater to such a diverse community of fans that the idea you're going to pack them into the local football stadium. But attendance is great. I am just I'm not saying this is happening this maybe season. I'm talking ago. a trend though. A the, trend, that, the trend that the trend. Hey, Yankee Stadium
3: downsized. I think downsizing stadiums is a trend. I don't know if they're going to go down to StubHub, but it's like I don't think to that. Think small. about where the the A's and the Raiders. Play. But a lot I of, mean,
1: like the stadiums like that.
3: They're, they're maybe it's
1: another teams. partial eclipse. But I just think in general, the idea that we're going to get out of towners to pack it in at a hundred thousand seat stadium for a team that you didn't grow up rooting for is a challenge.
2: That. Downsizing stadiums, a lot of that also, I think, comes into the new stadiums now have a lot of space allotted for luxury suites and right. things of that nature. That's accounted for some of the downsizing rather than an actual strategy. I don't know. I, like, I think there's nothing, even though they went 4-12 and last year, to use the Rams as an example, I don't think one of the coolest things about football is the communal experience of having 100,000 people watching a football game. You watch college football, uh, and the big house is 110,000 people for a game like I think the big crowds is part of what makes an NFL game special. Uh, I get the novelty of the 25,000 venue, but... I don't know. I don't know if I seen an eclipse coming.
1: Well, or like twenty years from now. Also, money. There's a lot of money to be. No, lost. there is money, but let's say twenty years from now, like we're just we're just um, you know salted away in like individualized like <laughs> liquid pods, where it's just being beamed into our heads. Like the whole idea that we do things with each other. Is this the heat and light podcast. No, no. But the idea that we do things with each other. You go to a bar now, and like it's you look down the bar, it's sixteen people staring at their phone. Things are changing. People are not into the community experience and getting to know people around mm-hmm. them the same way.
3: Is this is this a long tease for uh your attendance at the first Chargers home game? Is that still mm. happening?
1: I don't know if anything's happening anymore, but if it's <laughs> happening, I'll be there.
3: Um all right,
2: I I I have one. I was I, I was knocked out of my first one. Should have checked the, <laughs> the the IM client. My bad. <laughs> I thought uh, you you pitched in well on that one. Uh but um I think Tyrod Taylor again his um his opportunity to become a real NFL quarterback, is being eclipsed by his organization. I This idea – and I know he was terrible yesterday in yesterday's game. Uh, his numbers were outrageously poor, Mark. You wrote about it in uh, your What We Learned. I'm trying to pull them up right now on the fly.
1: He was about 8 for 18, if I'm not mistaken, through a couple of picks. One Less of than, than them a three tip. yards per attempt. Yeah. One was a bad pick. One was a tip ball. Okay. so No protection. The, 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 he, yeah. he was getting hit. No, no. It's, yep. And it's
2: like – we went through this rigmarole for like three years now Tyrod t- Taylor and the Bills, about do they believe in him? Do they not? Doug Welly has it out for him. Well, now Doug Welly's gone, and but now here we are, like three weeks from the start of the season, and the head coach is answering like, "Is Tyrod Taylor going to get benched?" First of all, who's going to be the quarterback? Honestly, well, Nathan Peterman. Nathan Na- Peterman.
1: Yeah. Actually, I thought, I he did not look terrible last night. He made it. He won, t- one or two money throws, and now they're talking about him maybe taking some I mean. first team reps.
3: It's like. Calm
2: down. You just took away the guy's number one receiver, and you got a a really mediocre to bad team around him, and now you're going to make him the the scapegoat when the team looks bad in a preseason game when he doesn't have any protection. His number one receiver that you traded for has a fractured chest bone or something. Mm. Like, leave Tyrod Taylor alone. He's being eclipsed by the Bills and this 18-year playoff drought. I would love... Tyrod Taylor, I know the sun doesn't move. We revolve around the sun. But how about Tyrod Taylor in this role as the sun moves somewhere else and it's not Western New York? And give this kid a real shot in the National Football League. Eclipse the Bills. How about that?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I I got away from you a little bit. I don't know what that meant, but I love it. It's fair to wonder if he is on this team next year.
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Peterman – We'll see what happens. You know, he's a mid- to late-round pick. Get excited about Nathan Peter. If you go to Uh, NFL.com right now or YouTube, you can find – a three-minute montage of Peterman's best plays against the Eagles. He did have some nice throws, had some had some poor throws too. It was kind of up and down, but he showed a little bit of. That's because Crawley, room, right? the the Bills fan who
2: runs the programming downstairs, and I love Patrick. He's a Bills fan, so he, Ooh. You know, he probably was
3: responsible for this. He's like, yeah, let's uh, let's make that Peterman video, you know, about as long as
1: a podcast. Well, it's probably now. like his his long completion of Zay Jones, just over and over and over and over. There
2: it is. Let's ride Peterman on the homepage. Uh, uh, for, for the weekend just let it ride baby <laughs> I don't know it's like uh, everybody calm down with Tyrod Taylor hate I thought we were getting past this yeah the Doug Whaley he era. Had, he had gone. no protection and here we are again it, it was- is
1: hard to find a quarterback that has been more spottily supported by his organization
2: all right yeah and you should have support from your own organization that's the way I believe well it things be nice. should operate in general uh Greg final eclipse, close it out and
3: under the radar eclipse Everyone was all excited when they were talking about the Bucks. Uh, they're loading up on all these weapons around Jameis Winston. It, you know, O.J. Howard's gonna come in. Oh, wait a second. What about the old tight end that was there before that this podcast used to love, Cameron oh. When I'm watching these preseason games, and I'm reading the training camp reports out of practice. Cameron Brait is the tight end making plays down the field, being the guy that's going to kind of split the field while you got Jackson and Evans on the outside. L.J. Howard I think will be a factor eventually, but it's a tough position to to break into, and he's less of a pass catcher maybe than Brait, and Brait to me, it looks like he's going to be a big-type Exactly, backer. He's eclipsing the first-round pick. I like it. I love it. Who knows if it plays out, but one of those training camp reports,
2: I'll just let you know one of them. Brate's great.
1: Oh, I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of buzz about that.
1: Gigantic font type. Yeah. Well, I mean, also tight do you actually ends- believe that?
2: You believe that he could end up having a bigger season than Howard, who is out at tight end? It. I do expect it.
3: Yeah. I, he's a veteran. Yeah. He, Winston really likes him. He's been there, and he's just a natural.
1: He's a good He's a good pass catcher. That position, too, specifically, like, we, we used to do the studies of, like, what second-year tight ends, what will they do? Well, they're always – you look at even Gronkowski and all these guys, their first year in the league, that the adjustment in terms of production at tight end is tougher than a lot of other positions. Then they start to bloom in year two and three. Bray, a perfect fit for Winston right now.
2: You are dooming uh, Mr. Howard to an Eric Ebron uh, – type career arc. Isn't that what you're doing right now? No, it would <laughs> be
3: like a slow, a slow build. It gets like 30 catches, break at 65. How about that? Ooh. Wow. That's a lot.
1: Meanwhile, Gary Barnage. Still What's going on with that? I don't know. Collecting the unemployment checks still. I think you're I right. I told though.
3: you. Well,
2: it's because he's people British. don't like it. I'm British. Yep. I'm different. I know I'm different, but I've always been quids in for America's form of footy. <laughs> and what you do?
1: Yeah, it's a megalomaniac approach by American management to keep him out of the league.
2: I'm telling you, this is why Henry is never going to be commissioner. It's the same reason. Henry, handsome Hank, is fully capable of being the man that succeeds Roger Goodell one day. Hmm. We really expect that to happen when Gary Barnage, like a year and a half removed from... You know, 130 catches and 20 touchdowns, whatever he did with the Browns. Can't even get a job. I mean, well, that'll
1: be 15 years now when Henry does not have salt and pepper hair even. He has just like a glowing, perfect head of white, shining white hair. And, and British nobility is seen differently in our country at that point, And he's just eased right into that commissioner role. So you're pe- saying
2: British nobility, uh, generally that, the viewpoint of Americans will shift. Yeah, it's going to... British nobility.
1: I'm just saying, you never know. 15 years from now, Henry might be the perfect candidate at the right time to take over an American sport. Bad
2: news for Barnage, though, (laughs) because he'll be like 50.
1: Henry's like, listen, by the way, I'm going to incorporate these 20,000-seat stadiums. Mm, You know, everything's going to come together.
2: That was definitely the weirdest one we talked about.
1: Well, I was stretching.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any final thoughts, Guy? Got some preseason games to talk about. We do. We're going to... Next time you hear from us will be Monday... And uh, we'll go through all the games. Um, in fact, I should let you know, just so you're aware, that the
3: Jaguars scored the final eight points of furious. Right? Are we going through? Are we going through these games? Friday games. Do you want to go through the games? I thought we were going to talk about them a little. Am I crazy?
2: I are you crazy? All right. Takeaways. Takeaways.
3: Well, I mean, people need to know that the scores and. Certainly, and find out who won these important games. Oh, I
1: have a takeaway for Tradition. you. All right, come, let's do it. How about this? Yeah. So the Bucks, all excited about themselves. Yes. They get to squeeze in the Roberto Aguayo release, just in time for hard knocks week two. Bang, here comes the next preseason game, <laughs> and what happens? Nick Fall clanks an extra point yeah. and then misses a field goal later, and the look on on, mm. on Dirk Cotter's face is one of – this feels like one of the most – Hexed positional battles in NFL history. It's it does not matter who they put out there. They cannot make you know fundamentally basic point after.
2: He did, yeah. He the, after the missed field goal, which ironically I think was from the same distance as the kick that ultimately got Roberto Aguayo cut 47 yards. He did like a Liz Lemon eye roll where his <laughs> eyes rolled out of <laughs> the back of his head on the sideline. It's a major issue, but at the same time, everybody calm down. Nick Folk kick. He'll be fine. I know that's that He can also miss right kicks, now. but yeah. yeah. But so can everybody else. I think I don't think he's going to become a basket case. I don't think they have any big problems. Greg, do you have a takeaway from that game?
3: How
1: about let's go to the, the Dolphins? Not Ravens, Bucks, Jags,
2: nothing? We move
1: on? Yeah. Well, we talked
3: about that.
2: Well, I will say
1: one quick thing. Winston Winston did some some good things in that game. This the box score looks awesome. He had some very concerning decisions. Mm. He he does
3: the Brett, you know. He, he had the one. He had a throw at the end of the first half that was like more Brett Favre than any Brett Favre throw ever happened. Like falling to the, literally like being acrobatic and keeping himself off the ground and then just throwing the ball up. We'll see track.
1: that on Hard Knocks. Cotter is going to go after. Although him. he got
3: hit in the head in that play, which the announcers never really talked about.
1: Hmm.
3: Yeah, should have been a penalty.
2: Anyway, uh, Marques Williams uh, caught a four-yard pass from Brandon <laughs> Allen. Uh, Jason Myers, more PAT problems, missed the extra kick. There was then a safety by uh, Brian Anger uh, to cut it to 12-8. Not enough. But it wasn't enough because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers improved to 1-1, one one, got that first big W uh, with a 12-8 to win uh, in Jacksonville. So when in and into Jacksonville, that's making a statement inside your own state. You don't uh, see too many 12-8 finals. Not often. Not often let's look uh let's talk about that Miami Dolphins game against the Baltimore Ravens Jay Cutler's debut three of six twenty four yards uh, had another completion that was uh wiped out by penalty your takeaway from the uh Dolphins and Ravens Greg
3: was more of the same from ryan Mallett. that that's yeah. all that what he's making it really hard on the Ravens decision makers because they're trying to give him as much rope as possible and he's just He's just not accurate. He's not ready. Like, he doesn't seem like he knows the offense. And they announced that Flacco's unlikely to practice next week. Once again, our guy RapSheet had this story 100% right that Flacco is going to miss a lot of time. And I still don't think it's too late. It's not too late. I still think the Kaepernick thing could happen there because Ryan Mallett was once traded on August 31st to Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam Bradford was traded – what was that? That might have been September last year, I believe, that Brad. It was. Straight. It's, not, it's not too late. You can make a move. That, that was it from this game. Not much else.
2: Uh, You know what else? Uh, not much else from the Miami Dolphins offense, because after they went up 7 nothing, they gave up 31 straight points. Never scored again. The Ravens make a statement with a 31-7 win in Miami. Road dogs, <laughs> uh, Ravens now undefeated. So wow, good. two and zero. Oh, and, uh, look at the that! Ravens us halfway home to the preseason. Did they have title. room in
1: their stadium for banners?
2: <laughs> Something to think about. Someone
3: pointed out all of the Ravens injuries. The nine players after June first. That have gone to IR or, or been suspended or retired. It was exact. It was right ag- around the time we started going into the Ravens Nest.
2: Very interesting. Very. And they asked for it. We started going into the Nest because the fans let's let's call it what it is complained to us that we weren't giving the Ravens enough coverage. Do you still want to? Got speak a little about the greedy. Ravens? They got a little greedy. Think about it. Do you want the Ravens Nest to continue? And actually, don't tweet at us being like, continue the Ravens Nest. No, don't even want to hear that. Just understand what happened here. Ponder internally. Effect. Yeah. Finally, the uh, Bills uh, went to uh, Philadelphia to play the Eagles. And, uh, Mark, your takeaways from this affair.
1: We talked about Tyrod Taylor. I am concerned about one thing with the Eagles and in praise of another. Very concerned about their running game based off what we've seen over two weeks. Legarrett Blunt, I have a feeling, will be back with the Patriots by Halloween. Uh, I am am convinced of this. He is not fitting out. He's not fitting well. It's not his fault, though. They are not blocking well. But on the other side of the ball – Two straight great games by Brandon Graham, and that Jim Schwartz front seven looks nasty.
3: Yeah, it looks like they hit on their first round pick with Mike Bar- Barnett, and that would really turn a really good line into uh, you know one of the better lines in the league. the The Bills, and you mentioned Tyrod not getting support; he had no protection. Yeah, they were missing a couple starters, so that's why it's hard to evaluate these games. When you know, if Cordy Glenn gets back out there, maybe they'll be fine. Maybe when they get healthier at receiver, you don't have Anquan Bolden starting on the outside and trying to win one-on-one routes against Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby had Whoa. like a great revenge game right off the bat with an interception. He could have had a couple interceptions. You know, Anquan Bolden should not be playing outside. You know, at this stage in his career, if you got Bolden on one side, you got a rookie, Zay Jones, who had a nice game on the other side. That's that's tough.
1: What happens when Ronald Darby, the guy who's, you know, mostly forgotten in the Sammy Watkins Matthews-Darby trade scenario winds up being the best of the group for the team he landed with.
3: Wouldn't surprise me at all.
2: Makes sense. Byron Marshall had a one-yard run with three minutes to play. That was the decisive score, a 2016 win for the Eagles in Philly. We must protect this house, indeed, and that's what they did <laughs> to improve to 1-1. One one. The Bills fall to 0-2, which all uh, all but takes them out of the running for the preseason championship this year.
1: I don't know how you dig out of that. To then go confront September and what's after that, I don't. Even, you don't come out of the preseason. I don't follow the sport
2: after the preseason personally. Nor should you. I yeah. mean,
1: this is really when you know when champions are are etched,
2: forged.
3: <laughs> to me, they should be crowned as well.
1: I agree. Forged, I don't you know what argue. the league's doing.
3: My my favorite tweet of last night. This is totally random. Was a comment that Sean McDermott um, looks like a a coach on Madden with the default settings on if you just put like default <laughs> coach that's to that exterior they're really great that's pretty good that's
2: really good actually cuz that is an exact <laughs> do we want to credit whoever that was I come from West This, this
3: was good. uh Sean Sean SS Locomedy too hey shout out to Shawnee
2: uh with a great tweet okay uh, yeah, we'll be back Monday. we'll go over the rest of the preseason games um, 13 at all including uh, one tonight Minnesota at Seattle. so um, battle of undefeated teams there uh, <laughs> at the Clink. Uh, so make sure you come back on Monday and we'll we'll keep you um, we'll keep you up to date on all the goings on in the NFL uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Let's go see a This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the bot, boss, and Tamposi making a statement behind the glass. Digging graves. come on
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.